0: Next hour, Marty Griffin's wife, Christine, in studio. We got a couple of great stories to cover with Christine, too. Uh, An update on John Burnett and his wife, former KDK-TV meteorologist, 36 years with the company and uh, dealing with uh, cognitive issues that have really captured uh, the emotions and actually brought some people to uh, sign up for this Brain Foundation, this Brain Back and it's a remarkable story. And also, Christine has uh, connected us, and we will talk to Dr. Abigail Schlesinger about how many people have heard A, what do you call it, A-C-H-D, or A-D-D?
1: A-D-H-D. A-D-H-D.
0: A-D-H-D.
1: And A-D-D, yeah.
0: Yeah, Sam, you, you hear about this all the time. But if you're a parent, and they say, well, the school has told us that... Your child, son or daughter, is ADHD or AD. What does that mean?
1: Um, I forget what the acronym is. Um, ADHD. What's attention
0: deficit? Attention
1: deficit disorder. ADHD and ADD are different in the way that I believe one is more focused on like physical and motor skills. Like they are more hyperactive when it comes to physical and motor, and the other one is more hyperactive when it comes to like um, cognitive. Right. But don't, I'm not a, she'll have, she'll be well, able to describe well, it. That's, that's why we're talking me. about yeah. a doctor,
0: but, but there have been a lot of kids parents have claimed that have been misdiagnosed as having one or the other. And then the treatment is, yes. is of concern too.
1: Yes. Cause because those are it's a drug. And they can, it's an addictive drug.
0: And so we, we will talk about that also in the next hour with Christine Sorensen. And, uh, couple of other stories. So today we mentioned the NTSB is going to be at a board meeting, 930, so less than 90 minutes. And after 754 days, six cars and a Port Authority bus on the Fern Hollow Bridge when it collapsed, what's the, the cause? And hopefully they'll illuminate us today. Marty would love this. The police, Pittsburgh police, have a grand opening today. They have a new substation on Wood Street where all there have been some issues downtown, and this is one of the moves they're making to try to address that. And uh, talk about criminals. How about this? There's a trial that begins today over some famous handwritten song lyrics. Here, CBS's Stacey Lynn.
2: It was back in the mid-70s. The Eagles were working on this new tune. On dark desert highway. Don Henley and Glenn Frey were jotting down lines on a yellow legal pad. Hotel California later became one of the most famous rock songs ever. And nearly a half century later, those handwritten pages are front and center in court. Three collectors claim they got them from a writer who worked with the Eagles. But Henley says they stole them, and he wants them returned. The lawyers for the men say they committed no crime with the papers and won't give them back. <laughs> Stacy Lynn, CBS News.
0: So not only they're accused of stealing them, but if you know who Don Henley is, He's the drummer, singer, wrote a lot of the great songs, too, and also a solo artist. But he's saying they were stolen, but these guys are like, "Ah, we didn't do anything, we're not giving them back. So it'll be interesting to see. Another story I think Marty would really love is this. So we we spied this with uh, Lindsay Ward and David Highfield on KDK-TV. Next time you go to the movies, if you're thinking
2: about it, you just might want to grab a disinfectant wipe. Yeah, or just a can of Lysol. (laughs) A study found that movie theater seats and cup holders have more bacteria than the average toilet Mm. seat. (laughs) Yeah, researchers sampled hundreds of theaters and found mold and bacteria and other fungal growth contaminating (laughs) seats and cup holders. They say that the level of bacterial colonies was 18 times greater than typically found on a toilet
0: seat. Yes.
1: Yeah, so when you do that, you don't want to touch your face.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro,
1: bro, God.
0: And here's the crazy part. A lot of people say, well, that doesn't affect me. I don't go to theaters. Okay. But they've done tests on other places where people Yeah, sit. I
1: mean, I feel like this is about movie theaters, but I feel like it can be said for any public seating.
0: Well, it just so happened, I hadn't been in a theater in a long, long time, but last Wednesday, a week ago, I went to see the premiere of the Bob Marley One Love movie.
1: Okay, yes.
0: And then the next night, I happened to go see, there's this new Snoop Dogg movie that's coming out about him being a coach at kids. So I'm seeing a football. theme here, Larry. Well, I was at. it was at a different theater. Okay. <clears throat> I'm not going to name names, but the first theater seemed okay, but I didn't think about it. But the next theater was older and didn't have, you know, the updated seats and all that. And I'm thinking it felt kind of grungy. You know what I mean? And I used to laugh because people would carry those alcohol wipes and use them. And I know that uh, there are some people in our own newsroom that live by them. But now, who's to argue? Yeah, I mean. Eighteen times. That
1: is, I mean, I guess it's not surprising because, like, toilet seats are cleaned Probably more often, you know, they're probably easier to clean.
0: So take your but, spritzer with you, yeah, Lysol, ugh. or Bacteria, alcohol wipes mold. next time you go to the movies. Ugh. And then you're putting your hand in a popcorn. <laughs> Thanks. Coming up next hour... Marty Griffin's wife, Christine Sorensen, will be with me in studio. Looking forward to her visit. A lot to catch up on, including how Marty's doing. And we appreciate everybody who's reached out. You can go to the Get Marty page or on X, formerly known as Twitter. We have, a week from Friday, a big variety show that we put together. Last year we sold out, and we'd love to do that again and this is part of our whole effort here, Odyssey, Pittsburgh, five radio stations to raise money for the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Now, the Giant Eagle Feed the Need Radiothon will be at the end of March, but March 1st, 730 at Oakmont Theater in Oakmont. We have a member from each one of our five radio stations contributing some level of talent, including our news editor, Pat Septak. Are
1: you singing, Larry. Uh, or is that a surprise? Uh,
0: I don't know.
1: Come on.
0: I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, no. So we have Kiki Brown. She is singing, and she has a real voice, and she represents WAMO. Joe Starkey from 93.7 The Fan. I saw him in the hallway yesterday. Uh, their studios are right next to ours, so we see each other. We don't get to talk that often. He's very excited about this, Sam. He's got his. Oh uh,
1: yeah, he he sings a lot, a, so I'm excited to see it on stage.
0: Acoustic guitar, yeah. so he's representing the fan. We're gonna have uh, Alista and Bubba from 100.7 Star, and we have a surprise contributor from Y108 Country Big. I, oh, that's no. all I can say. Oh no. Plus, we're featuring Jimmy Krenn will be there. He's gonna sing.
1: Jimmy Kren's gonna sing.
0: You may be surprised, and I won't tell you what song he's going to sing, but I think it'll surprise a lot of people. We also have Howard Mincomb who is the uh, mime, and you may say, "What does a mime do on stage?" Well, well you were there last year, yeah. Oh, the mime was the show. mime was fun. He, he was strong, yeah. And then we have Stacy, <laughs> Stacy French Finnegan, the wild waitress, the wild waitress. This is big for her.
1: No, it is. It's her second time. It's her second, time. Well, it's it's her big second year. big for
0: Yeah. She and,
1: did good last year. It was fun.
0: Marty challenged us to put her on stage, so we did that. And also, uh, there's a guy named John Bento. He's extraordinarily generous, and he's got Bento, Ziggy Hawk, and McCarthy, and they're going to perform. So we, we got to cover. We got a couple of surprises, too. We'd love for you to be there. It all goes, all the proceeds, to the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. It's our variety show. Again, Friday, March 1st at Ogmont 730. Go to oakstheater.com, get your tickets, or go through kdkradio.com as well. Stories you're going to be hearing about today. Uh, you know, if presidential year has a lot of people tuning out. They're tired of the yin and the yang. From both sides. But it is uh, a big GOP primary coming up with the details. CBS's Jared Hill.
2: In a campaign speech last night, Nikki Haley said that voters deserve a real choice, not a Soviet-style election where there's only one candidate. So she's staying in. Even though some of the latest polling out of South Carolina has her trailing Trump nearly two to one you're not supposed to lose your home state former president donald trump in a fox news town hall yesterday claimed an early victory in saturday's south carolina primary against the state's former governor nikki haley she's losing it bigly i'm not going anywhere instead haley says she's planning to campaign in several states ahead of super tuesday less than two weeks away and she's sharpening her critique of her one-time boss he's gotten more unstable and unhinged he spends more time in courtrooms than he does on the campaign trail. As the former president battles a slew of legal challenges, last night he likened a recent ruling by a New York judge that he paid more than $300 million in a civil fraud case to the death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny, who died in a prison colony last week. It is a form of Navalny, it is a form of Uh, communism or fascism. Before heading to California Tuesday, President Biden was asked if he'd prefer either candidate in November. Oh, I don't care. Though during a fundraiser last night, President Biden reportedly bashed Trump's reluctance to condemn Russian President Vladimir Putin over Navalny's death, calling it Outrageous. Former President Trump's camp is predicting that he'll earn enough delegates to clench the nomination by March 19th at the latest. Meanwhile, Democratic Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib is urging Michigan Dems to vote uncommitted in the state's primary later this month. A possible foreshadowing of Biden's uphill battle
0: in that battleground state come November.
1: I'm, I'm suddenly having an eczema flare up.
0: Yeah, do your eyes roll back in your head? Yeah, my, my
1: eczema's flaring up after that.
0: Here we go. Every week at this time, we check in with the president and CEO of the Urban League of Greater Pittsburgh, Carlos T. Carter. Carlos T., good morning.
3: Good morning. I hear you're home alone today.
0: Yeah, Marty's uh, battling pneumonia and some other issues, so he's... Oh, no. Yeah, he was in the hospital. He is home now, and uh, he'll be back as soon as. He'll keep us posted. In fact, his wife, Christine, is going to join us in our next hour after the top of The news here at nine, we'll get an update on how he's doing, but uh, I'll tell him you asked about him and say, yeah, I'll keep my
3: thoughts and prayers for sure.
0: Appreciate you. Hey, before we get into today's historical figure, Dr. Dorothy Height, I wanted to ask you, how did the big gala go? The Ronald Brown event that you had on Saturday?
3: It was good. You know, it was, uh, you know, my experience is different from everyone else's because I'm like in the mix of it. But everybody said they thought it was great, and we had to compete with Drake. You know, Drake concert was going on. And <laughs> That's so, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> we still were sold out, over 400 people, even inclement weather. Um, but it was, it was great. I think it was inspiring. Uh, a, a great p- painting was unveiled and bid on. Uh, and someone my one board member, Mark, um, who's uh, the market president of Citizens, Mark Mark he bid and won a p- painting and donated back to the office, which I thought was a class act. So, um, yeah, it was really really happy the way things turned out. We raised over $400,000 as well, so that's helpful. too.
0: I would (laughs) say that's a good night.
3: Yes. (laughs) Yes, it was a beautiful night. Thanks for asking.
0: You got it. All right, today, as we get ready to wrap up Black History Month for the month of February, you wanted to highlight and introduce people to Dr. Dorothy Height. So who was the doctor and what made her so special to so many people?
3: Actually, let me start with a quote from her. She said, Greatness is not measured by what a man or woman accomplishes, but by the opposition he or she has overcome to reach their goals. Um, And, you know, she faced, uh, you know, many challenges, but still prevailed. Uh, Dorothy Height, she uh, was born 1912, died in 2010. She was a prominent African-American civil rights women's activist. She served as president of the National Council of Negro Women for over four decades, advocating for civil rights for African-American women and addressing issues such as voting rights. Education, economic empowerment. You know, she played a key role in the civil rights movement. When they talk about civil rights movement, they talk about the big six, like MLK, uh, Whitney M. Young with the Urban League, uh, A. Philip Randolph, and other things like that. But as a woman, she wasn't really included in that number. But she should have been the seventh, uh, you know, member because uh, she was a key figure in organizing, uh, you know, the, the uh, March on Washington in 1963. And she actually stood right next to, to King. And actually, she was born, came to Pittsburgh at five years old, and grew up in Rankin, the small for a ranking and she was really known for her charismatic and determined personality, uh, just was a great leader, you know, and she received many congressional presidential awards. And, um, and I think what made her special is just her significant contributions to both civil rights and women's rights. And as you know, during those times when she was living, there was a lot of sexism that still exists today, but at a greater uh, level. And, you know, her leadership was so instrumental in the YWCA and also at, and for 40 years at the, uh, the National National Council for Women. So just a great American and a local Pittsburgher, which is beautiful.
0: Isn't it amazing, the Pittsburgh connections, Carlos, do you find? Yes. uh, Just about everything. The (laughs) fact that she spent time living in Rankin, that's uh, remarkable. There is a great history. So how do you share with, you know, obviously the Urban League and everybody you associate with, how can we honor her memory?
3: i say first is educating others like we're doing today. Talk about our life, her contributions. i say support civil rights and women's rights, contributing to organizations like the Urban League and other uh, organizations. i say, you know, promoting diversity and inclusion is important. Uh, for some people, diversity and inclusion is a four-letter word, but it shouldn't be. It, it's a word about really providing, providing space for people to thrive and be their authentic selves and have a sense of community and, and connection and equality. I think those are Uh, some key ways in volunteering, getting involved in community service. And even as a teenager, right, uh, as a young girl, she protested against um, you know, lynching and voters' rights as a teenager, so right, during Rankin. So she didn't wait to grow up to help change the world. She started right where she was.
0: Dr. Dorothy Height. Yes. And I thought about something yesterday with the vice president here, Kamala Harris, you know, As as much as it feels, I'm sure sometimes like we're not making any progress, in fact, backstepping in some areas, pretty remarkable that she's the vice president, right? To some people, that's a, a glass ceiling that she broke.
3: Yes, as an Indian uh, woman and a black woman, I absolutely. Actually, I was invited to go there. I took a Uber out there, but they said there was that capacity. Uh, so I have met her before. Um, and actually, I'm going back to the White House, too, I think, on the first week. of May, We did meet with the president, so we're going back to the White House um, next week. But I have met her before, like a year and a half ago in
0: Washington. Well, let us know. I'd uh, be curious what your takeaway is after your visit to Washington and the White House. Carlos T. Carter, Urban League of Greater Pittsburgh. Thank you, Carlos. Enjoy the sunshine.
3: You too. Bye.
0: Check out Rick Dayton's drive at five top stories of the day every weekday afternoon brought to you by service master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes, demand the yellow van. Uh, We were talking about the movie theaters. This report that came out that uh, some movie theater seats are 18 times dirtier than toilet seats that's not exactly I wonder if the next time you go to a movie Sam you're going to think about that
1: I definitely am
0: will you take alcohol wipes or Lysol
1: I feel like I'll forget but when I get there I'll be like I really wish I would have brought alcohol wipes or Lysol
0: I would love to see all right and I'm sure there is one a study on airline seats
1: oh yeah well those are those are like leather right
0: some some of them are yeah, leather so i think they're easier most, to clean yeah uh i i try you know i try not to think about it cuz when we went through the pandemic and you know then it became a lot of people became germaphobes and understandably so because you had to be who weren't before mm-hmm. and curious how many people went back to doing what they used to do you know because a lot of people are still uncomfortable shaking hands, for instance. I'll know, though, it's more acceptable if someone, especially for guys, because women don't shake hands as much as guys. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't like shaking hands.
0: Yeah, so it's the fist bump. So if somebody comes up to you and you don't know, like, okay, are we going to fist bump? Are we going to shake hands? That's still where we're at. But there was a man, a doctor... Bruce Dixon, who used to head up the Allegheny County Health Department many moons ago now, and one of the takeaways that i always remember is him saying the number one thing you can do every day for your health is wash your hands, and it's wash your hands properly, and we also got that lesson during the pandemic. But uh, why they came out with this story about theater seats, I'm sure theater owners are going, uh-oh. Now this. Meanwhile, the auto show just ended on Monday here in Pittsburgh, the annual event at the David Lawrence Convention Center. The sale of electric vehicles has jumped 125% over the last five years. Now the issue is installing enough chargers to keep up with the cars. And the CBS uh, News National Environmental Correspondent, David Schechter reports to keep up with growing EV sales, experts estimate the U.S. will need 1.2 million public chargers in the next six years. Currently, there are about 160,000, so a big jump. The city of Los Angeles is taking a novel approach to closing the charging gap, installing chargers on light poles on city streets. Because the electric infrastructure, it's already there.
2: At most, we'll have to change fuses or do um,
0: structural retrofits. Michael Sangalang is the director of L.A.'s Bureau of Street Lighting. So far, his team has installed about 725 light pole chargers and says the city's streetlights can support a total of three or 4,000 more. All right, Sam, where's the nearest charging station where you live? Do you know?
1: I have no clue. I mean, I'm guessing a gas station, probably. I've seen them at gas stations or car washes.
0: I know some of the grocery chains have put them up, some... Uh, other areas some parking lots yeah
1: i think i think this is very on brand i think there's some in like a parking garage at like the whole foods in south hills i think there's some in there
0: however we found out that people in pittsburgh and the surrounding area are way behind in terms of buying electric cars percentage wise compared to places like california and one of the concerns is that constant anxiety of where can I go to get a charge, especially if you travel, you know, any significant mileage. And then when it's real cold.
1: Yeah, I think compared to like L.A., we have a lot more concerns in weather than in, well, I guess not now because they're like having rainstorms. but
0: And it saps Mm -hmm. the uh, battery, the cold weather still. Yes. And now they're making technological advances every day on the quality of the batteries. However, comma, as Marty would say, I don't think we're there yet. they got to get a lot more charging stations for a lot more people to be more comfortable. And the opposite is true here. When people feel confident they can get a charge and they don't have to wait in a line or find them, then they'd be more open, I think, to buy an electric vehicle. But I've yet to drive one. I hear they're great.
1: Yeah, I, I, have, no, I have no experience driving one either.
0: Well, let's see how they're doing.